a wonderful little good day to you on July 17, 2019. The Fruits About to Spoil is the name of today's devotional, and it comes to us from the prophet Amos, chapter 8 of his book, the first 12 verses. And this is in a modern paraphrase version called The Message. Hear now the word of God. My master God showed me this vision, a bowl of fresh fruit. He said, what do you see, Amos? I said, a bowl of fresh, ripe fruit. God said, right. So I'm calling it quits with my people Israel. I'm no longer acting as if everything is just fine. The royal singers will wail when it happens. My master God said so. Corpses will be strewn here, there, and everywhere. Hush! Listen to this, you who walk all over the weak, you who treat poor people as less than nothing, who say, where's my next paycheck coming so I can go out and live it up? How long till the weekend when I can go out and have a good time? Who give little and take much and never do an honest day's work? You exploit the poor, using them, and then when they're used up, you discard them. God swears against the arrogance of Jacob. I'm keeping track of their every last sin. God's oath will shake earth's foundations, dissolve the whole world into tears. God's oath will sweep in like a river that rises, flooding houses and lands, and then recedes, leaving behind a sea of mud. On judgment day, watch out. These are the words of God, my master. Then I'll turn off the sun at noon. In the middle of the day, the earth will go black. I'll turn your parties into funerals and make every song you sing a dirge. Everyone will rock, walk around in rags with sunken eyes and bald heads. Think of the worst that could happen. Your only son, say, murdered. That's a hint of Judgment Day, that and much more. Oh yes, Judgment Day is coming. These are the words of my Master God. I'll send a famine through the whole country. It won't be food or water that's lacking, but my word. People will drift from one end of the country to the other. Roam to the north, wander to the east, they'll go anywhere, listen to anyone hoping to hear God's word, but they won't hear it. I pray the anointing hand of the Lord Jesus be upon you and yours on this day as you hear this devotional. That's my prayer, and there's nothing you can do about that. Please remember today is baby Sophia's heart surgery. She's from Shiner, Texas, and having surgery in the area. Please pray for the Lord to bring healing to her little body and comfort and peace to her family. Pray for a safe and healthy and speedy recovery time. And as always, I urge you to pray for one another and pray for yourselves. A noted United Methodist preacher from the northern part of our state once spoke at a special celebratory event. He was the pastor of a very large downtown church and was known for his preaching ability. He was known for preaching without notes. And after he was introduced at this event, he took a dig at those preachers whom he said hadn't written a fresh sermon in so long that if those sermons fell to the floor, they were sure to shatter into a million pieces, which I took to mean these pastors once chiseled their sermons onto stone tablets <clears throat> and hadn't written a fresh one since. Years later, as I had finished the meeting with the leadership of a small church in my district, a sweet lady took me aside and said, please don't send us a preacher that preaches out of the box. 
I made a quizzical face, and she said, you know, the ones who uh, orders pre-written sermons that come in a box, and all they do is take them out on Sunday and read them. Gulp. She was right. There are sermon services to which one can subscribe, but most pastors do so in the most secretive way possible. Not so the prophets. Being God's mouthpieces, these prophets preached what God placed on their hearts through visions, conversations, dreams, or whatever manner God chose to make his will known. One can only imagine the tremendous weight that came with God's prophetic word, which was usually a very serious one. Prophets were not people-pleasers. They were God-pleasers. They preached truth, not ear-ticklers. And here we have the sermon along with the illustration that God wanted Moses to preach. A bowl of fruit was placed before Amos as a symbol of all that God had provided for his people Israel. And it was ripe, meaning that this was the last crop they would see as a gift from God. God was fed up. I'll say that again. God was fed up. Let that sink in. Have you ever done something that made your mom or dad get fed up with you? Or should I ask, what was the last thing you did to frustrate them? We are talking major infractions. I thank God that my mom and dad never reached that point except one time. I was in my last year of college, and my dad did not approve of long hair, and guess what? I had long hair. Hadn't cut it in some time, hadn't been home in some time. But dad was right, I didn't look good with long hair. But when push came to shove, I left the home. Dad was yelling, as was I. Mom was crying, as was my grandmother. Not a pretty scene. I had a plan, sort of. I would jump in my old Ford and pray that it would take me back to the dorm before nightfall. The car ran great. The air condition froze me out. But once I turned on the headlights, they could choose when to turn off. And it was usually on a curve on a two-lane highway. Israel had pushed God past his, its, his limits. And we're talking the God of infinity. I believe we don't fully understand God and the things of God because we have finite minds with beginnings and ends, with uh, predetermined areas. We can't understand the truth of God having always been and a God who will always be. We can't imagine the size of heaven and for that matter the new earth that that can really accommodate all the righteous people since the beginning of time. But like Israel, we sometimes make decisions made thinking we know better than God. And off we go. We run the risk of frustrating God. I do not want to hear God say about me, I'm calling it quits with it, adio. I'm no longer acting as if everything is just fine. Go again. Here is what God found Israel lacking or wrong in their behavior. Excuse me. Here's what God found Israel wrong in its behavior. They walked all over the week. When people were down, Israel just stepped on them. They treated poor people as less than nothing. Someone just this afternoon on a program I was watching asked, how are we, and he's way younger than me, going to justify the year 2019 to our grandkids? What will we say about the homeless? Ah, well, we just walked past them as quickly as we could without making eye contact. Sometimes we did open our wallet and we'd say, sorry, all I have is 20s, and prayed these were not the type of homeless that would chase you if you didn't give them any money. God said that Israel cared more about paydays than the days following when the paycheck could be spent, ignoring the main purpose of our work. 
and the mission of our careers. God was and is keeping track of every last sin. God's promise to us is that we will have to be accountable to him for how we lived. We promised at one time to be faithful and fruitful, as we know that God has always been faithful and fruitful with us. While we're on the right path with God, we're blessed. The option is to wander around aimlessly, knowing we are destined for destruction if we wander away from God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, bless me as I pray. I am aware of my past sins, especially the fresh ones of this morning and this afternoon. Guide me always to stay on your path. Let me be the one who blesses you by the good I do for others. In Christ Jesus, I pray. Amen. Have a great and blessed day in the Lord. Be a beacon of hope for others. Receive my blessings of love. I'm Pastor Radio Valverde.